Welcome to the Chi-Town Pucks Podcast, a podcast by hockey guys for hockey guys. My name is Kevin. I'm joined by two co-hosts tonight. Let's start off with Jordan. How's it going? It's going pretty good, Kevin. I, uh, I wish we were doing this after some wins, but uh, it's going pretty good. How about you, Kyle? It is going great, and I agree 100%, and we have a great episode for you guys. Awesome episode. So today we're going to talk Hawks. We're going to talk very briefly on NHL, but the main uh, agenda on this one is we had an opportunity to talk with Nick Gizmondi, the ringside reporter for the Blackhawks that kicked it off this year with us in October. Um, so we'll bring that to you guys uh, near the end of the episode. Uh, it's a good talk. He's a great guy. We had a ton of fun. Um, we're hoping to have him back more often as well based on how the conversation went. He he really uh, opens up to what it's like to work for the Blackhawks, let alone his background. A lot of things Hawks fans wouldn't even know about him. So it's a definite listen if you're a fan of the Hawks or hockey in general. So it's open to everyone. Um, but to kick it off, Jordan, Hawks recap. We have not talked since the last three losses that we've had. How do you feel about the team right now? Honestly, not as bad as you would think. When yeah. we were playing poorly, we looked pathetic and apathetic and not competitive at all i mean they lost all three games but showed some fight and resiliency in each win and they weren't depressing wave the white flag losses i mean you could argue going into the season that uh tampa and carolina are two of the better teams in the east tough matchups you hate losing them both um and you know we played the took the stars to a shootout that's you know point flip you know, had a breakaway in overtime and killed a penalty in overtime. It was it was a decent game. I mean, the results weren't there, but I still think the arrow is trending up the Hawks. That, that's my take. No, I mean, I don't think Bad, you can say depressing. it. I don't think you could say it better. I, Leonard's talked about it too, as we all love. Um, the Stars lost specifically. It's a coin flip. It's a lottery. You know, you, you get to that point against the second hottest team in the NHL following playing two of the better teams in the NHL. What are you going to do? Yeah. You know, sometimes you're you're not going to win it, and that's fine. I don't think there's any reason to hit the panic button the way that some of the reporting has kind of come out and reacted in that way. That was the Stars' sixth win in a row. So we're playing like three teams that have been relatively strong through the first quarter of the year. Yeah, maybe not the Stars' first off, but right now they they're in a hot zone. Like Jordan said, they weren't dismal losses. We were competitive in all three. My biggest takeaway was getting outshot each first period of all three games and getting outchanced. And they just started the game on such a down note each time. Well, it really set the tone of like, we set up for a comeback. If we win the Stanley Cup this year, it will be well getting outshot by our opponent. <laughs> That's not going <laughs> away anytime. I don't <laughs> see us outkeeping our this, In this summer, I was like, yeah, let's, let's bring back comeback kids. Let's do it. And then, like... First twenty minutes is kind of rough, but you're you're so on point with that. Any uh, any players that you feel so, good about or, or want to put on the hot seat after the last few games, guys? Well, I, I do, and he's not a Blackhawks player. Mm. Uh, do you guys remember Tebu Teravainen? I remember there to get uh, Carolina to take mm. Brian Bickle. Yeah, I remember uh, a guy named Turbo. Twenty four games this season. Ooh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's uh, that stings. He's looking pretty good. I don't like that. Why'd you do that? <laughs> that hurts. Yeah, that's not cool, Jordan. Try again. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think here, on a side note, uh, you know about the Hawks. I think Taves has looked a little bit more like himself recently. I mean, he's been trying to bring it right to the net in 
the most Taves fashion again recently, which has been nice seeing him around the crease. Um, I think he's looked like he has a little pep in his step again, which is good. I know maybe it's not all equating to goals right now, but what do you guys think? He's That's like the most... I mean, he's been a notorious slow starter. At least every season, it seems it takes him 10, 12, 15 games to really start scoring some goals. But uh, yeah, he's getting there. It's not where you want him to be for ten and a half million, but sure, he's getting there. I, I, I was I was about to say that was like the most standard tapes quote. We've said that for so many years in a row. He's never going to be that hundred point guy. Last year was an anomaly. He just needs to play all the smart things and do all the small things right, which he's always done. I vote Andrew Shaw captain because of the mustache, but that's fine. <laughs> um, what do you guys think of the upcoming schedule? I think it's safe to argue that things are not about to get any easier for the Blackhawks following a three-game skid. I know we feel good still. Um, how do you guys feel about the upcoming few games? Kevin, what do you I think? I was actually very excited about this portion of the schedule. They were they got into winning hockey. They had the winning streak, and then they had a bunch of games every other day, which is the perfect schedule when you're in a groove. You just keep going. It's consistent. And it's some big uh, – it hasn't gone great so far, but some big uh, back-to-back division games with the Stars and the Avalanche. These are the games you need to pick up points in to keep, uh, keep yourself in the division race. Legit, these are three games, which is not a six-point. It's almost a 12-point difference in the standings it, it might come down to it well we have four Start, we follow we follow the two avalanche games with the game against the blues as oh well Oh god i didn't know that one yeah that's this is prime time right here it really is i i like the coming off the loss against dallas go right back at them i love it and then avalanche that's home at home yeah. We don't see many of those, and that's that's going to be awesome to see. That, that's where we're going to really see what this team is capable of. And I know it's so early on in the season to say that, but this is meaningful points, and they know it. They're not dumb. They they know how much this matters. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's safe to feel pretty good about it. I like the idea of going in and playing, like you just said, the Stars again right away. And I actually love the idea of the home-and-home home against the Avalanche because I think it'll be uh, – pretty tight and and i think the hawks can edge them out once if not twice um and you follow that then leading up to the blues like hopefully they can build a little momentum i know they did just lose three but i don't think momentum is lost i think jordan touched on that earlier we're not um deflated the way that we were earlier this season and it's kind of cool jordan's going to the the game at uc and then i'm actually at the game the next day on saturday i'll be at i'll be at the pepsi center for that avs game so here we go, because they Avalanche are scary to say the least when they're going. Yeah, when they're going and the goaltending's hot. Can we, can we talk about that Dallas game? That was unbelievable on both sides of the nets. Yeah, that was a goalie battle through and through. Who who can give up a goal last? It's still exciting stuff. That's that's what you want to see. It was to take this to add to that. So. Lanner has struggled in shootouts thus far this season in his career, while Crawford's been a stud in shootouts his entire career. Yeah, uh, that was something they brought up on the podcast. I, I think Pat Pat brought it up to Eddie on the pod. Uh, sorry, <laughs> brought it up uh, on the uh, broadcast, saying, "Would you ever consider taking out Lanner and replacing him with Crawford for just the shootout?" No, I've actually seen it once in a a Maple Leafs game years ago. They brought out. Uh, I forget if it was uh, who their starter was, but then they put in Curtis Joseph in his second stint with the Leafs. 
to come in for the shootout. Uh, they lost the game um, in the shootout, of course, bringing in a goalie cold. But is that something either of you would ever consider? I, I think it's a fun hypothetical to talk about. But realistically, no. I don't think it should be considered. Um, no, I, I don't think there. I don't have much to say about it. I just I don't think it's a realistic thing to consider. I think it's a little bit amateur, and it might be fun to try out if if you need to or if you want to based on the situation. But consistently, definitely not. It is such a hot topic to bring in a cold a goalie who's cold who's been sitting for sixty minutes plus. Well, it's, I, I agree. It's it's asinine to bring in a goalie cold. It's and asinine. Plus, even if the coach has the the kahunas to make the move like that if it goes wrong it's the coach that gets blamed you're, 10 times out of 10 you're not like fucking with the other team's mind by doing that it's not like a it's not going to mess with them there's the the benefit of it just isn't really there and i have full faith in leonard too like like if you put stud through and through you want to go I, put like seabrook in the net that might get in their head it's <laughs> all right here's not, a here's a little bit of hawks trivia for you guys but, how many shootout goals has Seabrook scored in his career? Shootout mm. goals? Yep. Three. I'm saying two. I believe the answer is one. I, I know the one that you're talking about, the 10th round, right? Yeah, in the 29-2010 season, I believe it was, against Columbus. I yeah. Think an 11-round shootout. Great backhand goal. It was a great goal. He looked like he, that's the only one you think he has? I just assumed, based on how good that was, that he's got to have one or two more. <laughs> right? First-round draft pick. Let's just start putting him number one. <laughs> Wait, I was about to say, like, could you imagine just bringing in a closer just for the final shootout? Just like he just always plays shootout. What if we he just, just into like the last ten pitches? He just in the the last five, sh- like three shots on net. <laughs> like, yeah, just good closer. one for one in his career. That's wild, and it's a wild. great one. It's not a fluke. He's and not it's... going again. It's ending one for one. Um, if you ask me, that's the best percentage in history. With a sample size one game or more. Tied with many. Any other Hawks talk you guys want to talk about? I know we had Campbell do his one more shift. Um, what do you guys, how do you guys feel? It's it's obviously sad to see him get out there, but also, you know, nice. It makes it makes, it makes me feel so old. Like, that's what it does initially. Like, I know Boland was like two weeks ago. Yeah. Each time they come out, I'm like, was that really that long ago? I kind of wish they waited until a little bit later on in their ages, but... It, it makes me feel old. That's the only thing I feel about it. Yeah. I get it. When I when I hear Brian Campbell, what I think is uh, the summer before the uh, 07-08 season, right after uh, Kane and Taves' rookie years, it seemed like the team was trending up. First day of free agency, you see the Hawks offered a massive deal to Brian Campbell and Christopher Huey, kind of announcing that team is back. Yeah. And they're going to make a run for it. And, you know, two years later, less than two years later, Ryan Campbell passing to Patrick Kane, and the rest is history in that overtime against the Flyers. So, well, Patrick he's got Kane a spot there. He, he won't be as remembered as much as some uh, some of the other players from that era. But you know, signing him kind of announced the Hawks were back. Yeah, I remember when they signed him, and I always remember making fun of him for his colorful warrior stick back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> as, as silly as that is, I'd be like that guy. But um, yeah, definitely um been something having Bolin and now Campbell. Um, why don't we transition to a few quick Hawks topics and then we'll jump into playing the interview we had with Gizmo. Um, you know, let's, let's try to... Topics? Yeah, what did I say? Hawks. We can oh. talk about the Hawks again. I'm cool with that. <laughs> let's jump into the NHL topics before we get to the Gizmo interview. Um, mm-hmm. Babcock fired. 
quick reactions. Uh, about time. I said two or three weeks ago, like I said, not many new GMs in the league, really. They kind of want their own coach. But this was – every everyone was kind of waiting for someone to pull up in. It was a yeah. little bit sooner than later. Um, the most shocking part was the <laughs> – we've all heard Babcock stories, but the newest report on Mitch Marner and that actually being true is yeah. – you don't see many NHL coaches do that stuff to – yeah. Other adults. It's kind of, it's. Yeah. No, I mean, I think what he did um, for, for context, if you guys don't know, he had um, Mitch Marner as a rookie rank players on that team by work ethic, you know, hardest working to least hardest working. Um, but then, and then he publicly, he publicly shared it with the team, what Marner had put. I, I don't know if you guys saw what they, they talked to Bab- Babcock did answer a few questions about it today. And he said, um, Quote, I was trying to focus on work ethic with Mitch, focusing on role models, ended up being, ended up not being a good idea. I apologized at the time. So, like, it's being blown up uh, just as devil's advocate, yeah. advocate a little bit more than it needs to be. Is it a really stupid thing to do and not great to do to your, you know, future star rookie? Yeah, no, not a great move, but and it's as not we talked about, the worst thing he- in the world. He was trying to be a little bit more of a player's coach this year, and a month ago wouldn't have done that. Two years ago, that's a bad guy. <laughs> like, yeah, he's a little bit different now than yeah. he, than he was. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think of the Keith Yandel situation? Are you guys familiar? Yeah, puck to the face. Yeah, so he had a puck to the face, lost nine teeth, oh. came back the next period, and then got all the work done so that he could play the next game in order to keep that Iron Man streak continuing. It's pretty epic. That's that's Keith Yandel to run through. You know, I I love it because I think like a little bit of him is just like I could take a day off for this, but God damn it, I'm gonna keep this Iron Man streak <laughs> alive, and I'm gonna find a dentist today. Um, <laughs> nine teeth is not you a small sample size. The the picture of him with like a snorkel like going under, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. He's like just all the teeth missing is just a plus. I I love that shit. Yes. Yeah. It was fantastic. About to go under, taking a picture of his mouth. Like, I'll be back tomorrow, guys. Don't worry. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Wait, um, how many games is he at right now? Uh, I don't actually know. Let me take a look. It's it's high. I think he's on the top top three or top five for Iron Man streak. If, if not, top two, maybe? Give me a second here and I'll find out. Yeah, he's got to be close to the top. 811 games. The record is 964. So Keith Yandel is fifth. Holy shit. He's going to get <laughs> God damn it. Is. You can't stop him. Um, That's how, the fact that he's done that many games in a row, like he's beaten out people's careers. Guys, wow, I, listen, listen to this. A, that, that's so hard to do. Six and seven. Six is Patrick Marlowe. Seven is Phil the Thrill Kessel. What? What's he at? 789 hockey games. What the? F- I had no idea. If you gave me like six names and said, which one of them do you think is not on that list? And he was in it, <laughs> I would have been like, obviously Phil Kessel's not on the list. Good for him. That's unbelievable. That's sneaky. That's sneaky bastard. That, that's impressive. Um, did you guys see, uh, to transition out, did you guys see uh, Quinn Hughes helping out on the Oshie breakaway back check. So so to give some context, Oshie got a quick breakaway. Let me see who it was. Quinn Hughes was trying to catch up to him, couldn't catch him, 
and then ended up giving his own player a push with his stick, JT Miller. He literally pushes him in the back with his stick to help him catch up to Oshi, and he's able to break up the breakaway. It's absolutely wild. <laughs> it's the mo- it is it is video game hockey what, in real life. What hockey school teaches that? <laughs> <laughs> literally pushes him, and it works. And the best part is, following that, uh, Dzingle tried doing it as well, and he pushed his player over, and it did not work. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna call that the shake and bake, officially. One hundred percent needs to needs to be a thing in hockey now. In that situation, to do it is so hilarious because if it doesn't work the way it did for Zach, yeah, like yeah, you push your own player over, they're like, "What the? Why are you pushing me?" <laughs> but when it does work, oh, it is a magical thing. <laughs> Fully, he he got to Oshi and broke up the play before Oshi even got a shot. It shouldn't have worked. It should not have. (laughs) But it's totally a thing now. Otherwise, Bertuzzo, I kind of wanted to talk about this just for a second. Four games, how do you guys feel about that? For his cross-check on Arvinson after after he already knew he was getting a penalty, pushed him into the net and cross-checked him down. Obviously, like, going for injury, like, you guys think it's, too too much, just right, or you guys are expecting more? I'm actually watching it again really quick right now. I know... He looks at the ref yeah, no, as I, he does it yeah, after for sure. the fact. Because he's trying to play the card down. like he dope. I mean, um, yeah, he's injured for, like, what, four to six weeks now he's out. Uh, yep. It's it's a blatant interference. It's it's aggressive. It's violent. Yeah, like, I, I think it's a fair call. Um, I don't think it was the most aggressive play of all time, but when you put everything together, the whole context Bridget- of it... Yeah, I, I think it's fair. Bertuzzo was suspended last year for a similar play, that, and he also did it a couple times in playoffs and not not called at all. Yeah, I, I was expecting a couple more, honestly. Four just, I'm okay with, the, but the, I think he should have got a couple more for the four to six weeks. Is tough to bite. No, it's I don't. I don't. All think good he, for the Hawks. <laughs> it's all good for the Hawks. <laughs> but it's <laughs> but just just four games, and then a guy got three games for game, spitting is kind of like. Uh, I don't think he deserved more than four games. I don't think more defender, than four. There's, you've got to do something pretty bad to get four. Yeah. Uh, Frank, I think the goalie should yeah. have gotten the game, too, because he gave him a cross-check at the end of that play as well. Yeah. I think it's a fair call. I mean, it's totally deserved. Pushing over four, you start getting some territory of pretty yeah. – it's pretty rare territory outside above that for players. I, I'm okay with it, but I could have seen – I would, I would have been a little okay with a couple more games just to at least understand that like, you took a player out for – one one fifth of the season almost you got to be careful though like injury is a factor but you got to be careful that you're not changing it based on how injured someone how is severe it, it, it's, it's a fine it's line. very understandable it's a fine line but yeah. still comes back to three games for spitting versus taking a guy out for four to six months on purpose yeah not that he meant to take him out for four to six weeks but regardless he took would, him out four to six i weeks. would simply argue the three games for spitting is the one that's overdone versus the other <laughs> yeah um <laughs> really spitting that's it it was part of a bigger brawl but yes it was because they called it because of spitting so jordan the ref kind of hold his arms he couldn't like he got jabbed at the refs hold his arms and it was kind of like a mental error on his point to like just spit back which is a very despicable move but three games three games a lot yeah three games a lot uh any other nhl topics you guys want to touch on um i think that's about it yeah uh if anything, like like we said, we got a 
Nick on, Nick Gizmani, as aka Gizmo, if you guys hear him and watch him on the Blackhawks all the time, he does ringside interviews um, with Eddie O, Pat Foley, he does intermission interviews, post-game, he basically does a lot with the Hawks, he does a lot for the hockey community, so I, I think it's a great listen, he really goes in, in depth with his history with hockey, where he came from and where he's at right now, but uh, more importantly, what what he thinks about the game and just him as a person, because a lot of Hawks fans don't know him. He's been around for the with the Hawks organization for two months, and you could really just hearing him, you could tell how happy he is to be with the Hawks. So it, it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, we're lucky to have him. Twenty year, twenty four year veteran with uh, radio and television and sports. So I uh, hope you guys enjoy the listen. We're gonna kick off the interview here now, um, but we're super excited. Hope you guys get a chance to kind of get to know the new guy. That's uh that's been able to interview a lot of the players on the ice and, and jump in on intermission. So first off, thank you so much for willing to do this. Um, you know, when you joined the the organization and, and Eddie and Foley introduced you and everything, I think most of Chicago kind of jumped behind you. Um, and most of us have, have heard how much Vegas loved having you there. So we were obviously happy to get you over here as well. Just a little background on what we're doing with the podcast and kind of like why we started it so you can have a little idea we are three pretty diehard hockey fans, um, specifically Hawks fans, and decided, um, you know what, screw it, let's, let's start recording these debates or, or topics and uh, see if anyone's interested, because we felt like a lot of the Blackhawks podcasts were uh, much more reporter-focused, and we wanted to give a little bit of a fan perspective. So that's what we've been trying to do. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I, I, uh, I think, you know, for me, it's been, it's been kind of overwhelming. I I was a little surprised at how quickly everybody sort of kind of, you know, took to me right from the very beginning. And it was, it was a pleasant surprise. It was, I think if I'm being very honest, I think the thing that I was most worried about or thinking about heading into this new endeavor with Chicago was, okay, uh, it's a big sports town. It's a huge sports town. They love their, they love their Hawks. They love their sportscasters. I'm stepping onto a broadcast with two absolute legends and coming from a, an NHL team that maybe wasn't well liked around the league the last few years. So yeah. it was like, gosh, I really hope everybody likes me in Chicago. And, you know, for me, it's always, it was just right from the very beginning. It was just trying to be that guy. It was just trying to be that what you see with me is what you get. So there's no, there's no act. There's no shtick. There's no anything for me broadcasting wise. It's just, this is what you get. Yeah. And, and to begin with, I actually told these guys, like, I, I don't know who Gizmo is, but I loved him off the bat. Like, the first game you started with the Hawks, they introduced you. I think we had, like, a shorthanded goal against right after the fact or something like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> it was brutal. I was like, oh, dude. <laughs> oh, man. But then second game you were in, I think Eddie O even said, like, you're the best-dressed guy here in the arena. And then your first reaction was, hey, boys, just trying to live up to you guys. And that was the most perfect reaction, like, response right away. And that's when I was like, okay, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of this guy. <laughs> like, that's where it began well, on my I, end. I appreciate that. And it's for me, it's it's real. Like, I, I, I've been doing this for – I've been in the sports business, sports broadcasting business for 24 years. Uh, we'll get into that later, I guess. But, you know, for me – I'm still in awe of being able to work for an organization like the Chicago Blackhawks. I mean, you're talking about one of the greatest sports franchises in the world. You've got guys like John McDonough and Jay Blunk and then, you know, Al McIsaac and Stan Bowman. And then on the air, I'm with Pat Foley, a hockey hall of famer. I mean, he's, he's a Foster Hewitt recipient. And then, 
Eddie Olchek is Eddie Olchek, you know. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. his his career as a player was what it was, and his career as a broadcaster is outstanding. And on top of all that, he's one of the greatest human beings I've ever known. So, you know, it was was nice to get to finally be able to work with uh, Edzo. We've been friends for, oh boy, probably 13, 14 years. So the opportunity all in with team and people and organization was just, uh, you know, I honestly, I, I, if I'm being very honest, I think when I got the phone call and they, they actually made it official that, Hey, I was going to come out and hang out and be a part of it. And you guys were going to have me, uh, you, you know, be your guy. I, I think I called my mom first off and I'm like, you're not going to believe this mom, but the Chicago Blackhawks <laughs> want me to be a part of the organization. And she, she, she's a diehard hockey fan too. I grew up in Detroit. So the reaction was, the reaction was pretty solid across the board, family and friends. So, and a lot, a lot of people who haven't worked in sports, it's it's kind of weird to represent a logo people grew up rooting for or just have such a memory of. It, it's kind of weird to like fully represent it and like to even put that pin on your suit jacket or anything like that. I'm guessing you pinch yourself on a daily basis when you're actually in the gig, which is something we all oh, do so you know what's funny is is it's it's the truth and i'm i'm a loyal guy like i've always been i've always been a loyal guy i you know i came up as a hockey player i came up in that team mentality that family mentality so it's always buy into the shield buy into the logo and that's your that's your family that's your friends those are who you look out for so you know, a lot of people ask me, oh, it must have been hard to, to, to switch allegiances from, you know, you must love Vegas. And listen, I did. I had a great time there. I had a wonderful, wonderful year and a half in, in Vegas. And I will always remember those fans. I will always remember that community. Um, but, you know, the Vegas stuff, uh, the Vegas stuff got put in a box, um, got put in a box and it's it's in a box in a closet and it's. You know, I, I was very blessed to get loaded up with uh, hot stuff right when I got to Chicago, and I wear it all the time. Uh, you know, people people always That's ask cool. me that. They're like, you're always wearing the logo. You always get the hat on, or you always get the shirt on, or, you know, you're in the gym, and you're, you're wearing, you know, hot stuff, and it's like, you're proud of it. I mean, uh, I'm proud proud to be a part of an organization like the, like the Blackhawks, and it's first class as they are, and I'm proud to behind a logo that is so iconic but more so what it represents you know that organization has been first class since the very beginning and when i first got to chicago i mean it was it was an instantaneous blew, blew me away how first class the organization was like I, I i've said that a lot in a lot of interviews but i can't stress it enough and people might might shirt me a little bit for, oh you're just kissing up but it's it's not like day one in the arena I had a nice conversation with John McDonough. I had an awesome conversation with Jay Blanc. I had an awesome conversation with uh, with Al McIsaac and Stan Bowman and Pete in marketing and everybody on the communication side. And they, they legitimately welcome you with open arms. And, you know, to the point where, you know, John McDonough, one of the most successful people in sports. I mean, what he did with the Cubs and then what he's been able to do with the um, with, with the Blackhawks, and he still is like, hey, anytime you want to, come by the office, say hello, stop in. Um, you know, I haven't had the pleasure of meeting Rocky yet, but I, I hear the exact same thing about him. So the organization from top to bottom is just, it's, like, I still, like you mentioned pinch me earlier, and it's still that kind of yeah. thing where I, like, you walk into the United Center on a game day, and you're like, 
am I really here? Is this really happening? <laughs> this is awesome. There's so many. There's so many people who just wish to do that once in a lifetime, and now you're doing it on a daily basis. It's yeah, that's unreal. It's wild. Yeah. And it's fun that the, the, the communications department who I've become very close with, obviously I work with on a regular basis. So Adam Rogelin and John Steinmiller and Will Chuckerman and Mike Horan and Lindsay and PR. So they're kind of like my day to days. Right. And I get to do the, the, the bench interview, the, the skate up warm up bench interview that airs in the pregame show uh, every game at the United Center. And the other day I was down on the bench and I was I think I was going to interview to and I was standing there, and I had this giant, I had giant grin on my face every time. And, and John Steinmeier, <laughs> Steiny, he 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 leans forward, and I got my earpieces in. So in order to hear people when they're talking to me, I have to pop one out. So I popped it out. He goes, he goes, hey, he goes, Gizmo, he goes. Every time you're down here, you've got the biggest grin on your face. I said, buddy, <laughs> the minute I don't, remind me because I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's phenomenal. So, yeah, it is. It's I'm I'm smiling. I'm smiling. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, we'd love to hear. I know you touched on 24 years in radio and television. Um, tell us your story. I mean, I've read a little bit about kind of your upcoming and everything and, and where you started, but I'd love for you to be able to share that with some other Hawks fans on where you started and how you got to where you are now. Yeah, it's kind of a crazy long story. I mean, that's, I guess, how they all go. I'll, I'll give you the, I'll give you the cliff notesy version of it, but Sounds good. I, I grew up Grew up in grew up in Plymouth, Michigan, so just outside of Detroit, kind of right between Detroit and Ann Arbor, and was a hockey player. Uh, you know, played at a high level uh, my whole life, and got hurt real badly when I was 15 years old. And anybody that's played hockey at a high level knows that that's a crucial year, and you 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 either are are going to play AAA hockey or or I'm sorry, um, I was playing AAA hockey, Junior A hockey, or you know, midget minor, midget major, it's a crucial, crucial year of development for you. And if you get hurt or something happens, you miss the bus real quickly because other kids are, are jumping in and you're getting replaced. And it is just, that's just sports, right? That's the way it is. So I got hurt real badly and wasn't able to really play anymore. Missed my window to, to play juniors and missed my window to, to go on to college. And that's probably where it would have ended, let's be honest. But, um, it, my high school had a radio station, uh, 88.1 FM. And, uh, my, the boys on my team always were trying to get me to do play by play when we were up in a game on the bench. And so they all kind of razzed me into jumping in and doing, uh, doing hockey play by play on the radio for my, for my high school radio station. And it, it just so happened we had a North American hockey league team in our town and an OHL team. So it was the, the CompuWare ambassadors were the North American team. And then, the Plymouth Whalers were the OHL team and they played out of the same arena just down the street from my house where I played my youth hockey for CompuWare. And, and, uh, I, I started doing the North American hockey league games, uh, and it was awesome. We had a blast. And the very next year, 1999 was my last year in high school. I graduated. And so my going into my senior year, cause I graduated in 2000, uh, they asked me to do the do the do the games on radio on Fox Sports Radio for the Plymouth Whalers, and that was a huge step up as an 18 year old kid. And I did that for a few years, and then um, got a lot of notoriety. Ended up stepping onto Fox Sports Detroit on the television side, and fell in love with that, and moved to Los Angeles and worked for Fox for a few more years before ending up at NBC Sports Network. And spent about 13 years at NBC Sports Network, and then. Um, the opportunity came up with the Vegas Golden Knights a couple years ago, so 
left NBCSN for Vegas and spent a year and a half in in Vegas with the Knights. And uh, this uh, this summer, they decided that uh, you know we had a great year last year. Obviously, the team had a lot of success, but we had a lot of success on on television. It was me and my my broadcast partner was Brad May, who I'm sure you guys remember. Legendary, uh, legendary. He kind of played for everybody, but had, had, <laughs> yeah. a, had over a thousand games in the NHL. Was yeah. a little bit of a tough guy, but his claim to fame was in Buffalo, the Mayday. Goal, Absolutely, right? of course. Yeah. Mayday, Mayday, yeah. Mayday. Tied again. Oh, it was unbelievable. And and Brad, uh, Brad, Brad was one of my very best friends. Still is one of my very best friends. So on air together, we had a real good rapport and. For whatever reason, uh, the Knights decided that they were going to go in a different direction this year. So they, they kind of changed out their entire broadcast team on the uh, pre-post and intermission side. And it opened the door for the Chicago Blackhawks. And uh, I think I think they I think Chicago called about three or four days after uh, Vegas decided that they were going in a different direction. And it was, a, it was an easy yes for me. So yeah, that's amazing. That's a little bit of a cliff note <laughs> yes. version, but here we are. I'm happy to be here. So, <laughs> so 18 years old. I was about to say, yeah. I, you accomplished more at 18 than I did at like 25. <laughs> <laughs> like, when, when did it, when, when mentally were you like, okay, maybe this isn't a hobby. Like I'm going for this. Was it when? I think it was. I think it was when I made the jump from the ambassadors and high school radio to Fox sports radio. Yeah. So I was lucky to have, um, I was really lucky to have a lot of big name people in Detroit sports at the time willing to help me. So the, the Ken cows of the world and the Ernie Harwell and Mitch album, and they were, they were willing to kind of take me along a little bit. And I, I listen, I, I don't think I was anything, I don't think I was anything overly special. I just think that I, I found a little bit of a niche and I, I, I knew the game of hockey really well. So it became very easy to just sort of talk about it very freely. And that's truthfully what I still do now. So, you know, for, for me, I think the, the, the switch clicked when it was, okay, wow, you're, you're on Fox Sports Radio and you're not even out of high school yet. Um, and then quite a resume builder yeah <laughs> yeah and that helped right i think like this business is all about experience like you want mm-hmm. to you want to have experience in this business and i think that carries a lot more weight because it's it's about hands-on what what you do in this job you can't really teach you you can't read it in a book yeah you, you have to get in front of a tv camera or get into that pressure of live television or live radio and be like okay wow how, okay this is the pressure this is the pressure of a 10 second count or this is what you have to do when the plan changes and the plan always changes and how you have to adjust and fix it. So, you know, for me, it was a lot of trial and error and experiences and I'm still learning as you're always learning. I think that no matter what you're doing, whether you're a hockey player or whether you're a sportscaster, you better always be improving and you better always be learning. And, um, you know, I think that's the kind of the rule that I learned early on through, through guys that I admired and, and I try to do that now. Um, I try to always learn. I'm on the, I'm on television with Pat Foley and Eddie Olchek. I mean, it doesn't get much more. It doesn't get much more of a master class than that. So, I think even though I've been doing this for as long as I've been doing it, and now I've been in the NHL for a little bit here, I I I still recognize there are amazing people in this business who I admire dearly that I get to watch and listen and now work alongside. And Eddie and Pat are 
certainly two of them. Our producer, our producer on the shows now is is a guy named Mitch Kersner. He was the executive producer for Hockey Night in Canada. That's a pretty impressive guy to now have as the producer I, for the Blackhawks. Yeah, Hawk I did not know that. That's crazy. I was about to say, I don't think any Blackhawk fans know that. Yeah, and he's he, this is his first year. So our the brand new producer for the games is the former executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada. Um, and that's awesome. So just even what I've learned in, in a few months from working with him and his style, it's like you sit there and you're still you're sitting at the dinner table, you know, in the press room before a game and talking hockey with Mitch Kersner and listen to Eddie Olchek tell stories. And I'm just looking at it like I, this is unbelievable. <laughs> like, I don't I feel like I've been doing this for two years. You know, you, you just sit there and you soak it all in and you you um you always constantly have to be learning. And I think that's what I, that's what I try to do. It's uh, my dad always used to say, if you, if you work really hard and you're kind, amazing things will happen. So I've always tried to do that. And if the moment I waver from that, my father, who is a very wonderful man, uh, but also former military would make me pay for it. (laughs) (laughs) Our first, at least my first thought of you was you were very for the fans. And we thought we had like a 5% chance of you saying yes, even like hopping on the phone with us. So we... We, we could just see your Twitter interaction or just like how you interact with people on a daily basis. You're very for the little guy, the, the fans, the people who make up the, the one seat in the stadium. So it's very noticeable. Well, I'm that, I'm that little guy. Um, you know, I, I, I've not lost track of that. I was the wide-eyed kid that walked into Joe Louis Arena when I was five years old and enamored by what was going on and seeing it being so far away and being like, well, how do I get here? And I think that's the thing that was always for me. It's how, how do I get there? And I tried to do it as a hockey player and then that failed. So I tried to do it as a broadcaster and luckily that worked, but I'm fully aware that I'm not anybody nor nowhere without the support of the people that love and breathe and die by the team. And, and it's important to me to be a part of the, the fan base. And it's important for me to be a part of the community because you are the heartbeat of the team. I mean, sure that the team the team's gonna is gonna be there, but it's it's success and it's love and it's passion. A lot of that has to do with the people that come in and watch a game or buy a season ticket or turn the TV on, and that doesn't fall short on me. So I'm always happy to. I'll talk to. I'll talk to a million people a game. I mean, I do my hits right from inside the bowl. I'm like at section 103, 104, like amongst the fans. And I've I've made I've made friends. I've made, I've made friends with the people that sit in front of me. There's a season ticket holder, Phil. He sits two rows in front of where I stand, and then right behind me uh, on the railing in 104 is uh, is Sal and his son John. So I get to hang out and talk to them. So it's it's for me it's the best part of it like i i love watching the hockey and i love getting to talk about it and i love getting to interact with nhl players but um you know a big part of my smile comes from getting to to talk to the fans and getting to say hi and getting to to meet people who are as diehard about the game of hockey as i am that's awesome that's what it's all about we love that especially we are just literally fans so <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's I, I great I always look at teams in the middle, like middle of Canada, small towns, and they sell out like a five thousand seat arena. And it's wild yeah. to see how much people are dedicated towards a small little town team. But we kind of like take that macro thought and turn it into more of a 
like just independently fans on one-on-one basis if you can just appreciate each person like that that goes miles and it's awesome that you respect that and honor that because it's really hockey at its core well hockey's a family and we yeah. we take care of everybody and that's how it always has been that's how it always will be i've i've, I've done a lot of coaching as well um i still coach now and i i enjoy it and you know, it, it's funny the kids. I I'm helping coach a, a 13 and under team, and they they follow on Twitter and they follow on Instagram, and and they're like, Coach, people people like like you, and I'm like, I just <laughs> they see me as they you know they get it, they get that I'm on TV and everything like that, right? But but they see it more from uh, oh, you're just you're just Gizmo, you're, you're, yeah, you're, you're just you're just Gizmo, our our big brother figure who talks about hockey with us and shows us how to play the game. And, and for me, that's kind of how I just treat everybody. I don't, uh, you know, you, the minute you think you're bigger than the game or, or bigger than the position is probably when you fail in this business. And it's certainly the people that I've never really enjoyed being around or watching. Uh, you know, these, these folks, they, they invite you into their living room for three and a half hours a night and they get to know you and they, they sit around the couch and their their kids watch and they bond and they watch at the dinner table or they watch while they're drinking in a bar with their friends or, you know, in, on the big screen in the United Center. So you, you have to understand that you're a part of these fans and communities experience and that you, you, you have to treat that with a lot of respect. It's, I wouldn't walk into your living rooms and kick my kick my my dirty boots up on your uh, on your coffee table and help myself to your to your food and to your beverages <laughs> if you know what i mean you got to walk in and you got yeah. you got to bring them flowers and you got to take your shoes off at the door and you got to be uh yes please and thank you and 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 you know i think that's how i try to treat the broadcast you you're you're welcoming me into your fan base i'm i'm a part of your experience now it it's my job to treat you all um, with respect in the way that I would want to be treated. That's that's really great. And what's kind of cool is other people in the organization, you touched on Pat Foley, Eddie Olchek, we get that same feel from them, which is why I think you know Chicago has such a love for them, and even the country at this point with, with people like Eddie Olchek. Um, you worked with Eddie Olchek before this, didn't you? Yeah, so Eddie and I, uh, Eddie and I called a couple of games on uh, radio in Sioux City, Iowa, for the Musketeers. I had a dear family friend playing for them back in the early two thousands, and Eddie's oldest son, Eddie, was was playing there as well. So we just hit it off immediately, and we were both in broadcasting, and uh, I was working for NBC at the time. Edzo was doing ooh, that was I think still versus days, but. Edzo was just oh, getting into was just doing broadcasting yeah, as that. well. Yeah, right. And so fishing and whenever, hockey. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. You watched the hunting show and then it was the fishing yeah. show for, for hockey. And that was it. Twelve hours. Yeah, and that was it. That was twelve hours of that. Yeah. And um you know, so whenever we were in town together, they were just like, Well, you two should call the game and so we did. And you know, but that's again, that's hockey family. I remember yeah. when I remember when Eddie's diagnosis came down, I I was probably one of the first people to call him and we, we talked through it and um, his family has been important and near and dear to me. I, I, uh, I've always looked out for his, his, his three boys um, that they're, they're basically little brothers to me and family to me. And when things changed in Vegas, um, 
this this summer unexpectedly uh eddie was probably the first phone call uh my, my phone rang and edzo was the first guy to call and he says well gizmo what do we got to figure out here and i said well <laughs> i don't know bud let's, let's figure something out and so it's family hockey is family and people talk about that a lot but if you if you if you put the skates on or even if you didn't and you're just part of it uh, hockey will look out for hockey and uh, i think that's probably my favorite part about this business yeah i mean there's nothing better than hearing that i don't even think many hawks fans would know that you two know each other which is it's a cool little little piece still, of info or still coached hockey like still taking yeah. their time out and doing that that's like a lot yeah, of well, hockey don't know that. You know, I owe hockey everything. Uh, you know, it's 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 a it's a passion for me. It's you know, as a as a player, you 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 learn a love and respect for the game. And listen, I'm not saying that guys that that haven't ever uh, put gear on can't cover the game because they can. If if you never played hockey a day in your life, that's cool. Come on in, let's go. Get on the broadcast or, or be a broadcaster. That's it, all good. Um, but I do think, for me at least, playing the game at a high level. And being a part of it for as long as I have, it's just you just there's so much to it. There's so much more than just the, the stick and the puck and the pads and the and the <laughs> rink. It's 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 this thing. It's this passion. It's this love. It's this understanding. It's this bond. It's this brotherhood. And you know, for me, the game of hockey's given me absolutely everything I hold dear. I mean, my career, my friends, my family. Um, you know, my, my closest friends are because of the game of hockey. Uh, I don't, I actually would be scared to death to think about who I would be, where I would be, what I would be without, uh, without the game of hockey in my life. So, um, it's my job to give back to it. It's my job to make people excited about it and, and fall in love with it if they're not in love with it and keep them in love with it if they are. But, you know, part of coaching now, you know, especially with 13 year olds is, you know, they're, they're sponges, they're moldable. They want to play the game. They want to play the game the right way. Um, and I'm talking about not just X's and O's fundamentals. They want to, they, they need to understand the culture of the game and they need to be brought in and taught that brotherhood and that this is family and that you will take care of these boys for the rest of your life. And that, you know, it is a bond and it is a brotherhood and, um, Aside from that, you teach them how to play the game the right way, and you've given them a, a gift that they can take for the rest of their lives. And listen, not every kid – and I've told the boys that I coach this too. I said, you're not all going to go play in the NHL. None of you make. Maybe 10 of you will. Maybe one of you. Maybe none of you. And and they get that. But I think the cool thing that they can see is that you don't have to just be a player to be part of the game of hockey. You can – you can coach it, you can announce it, you can write about it, you can be a trainer, you can be a video guy, you can, you know, be a writer. There's about a million different avenues, but if you take care of the game, it will take care of you. And, and it, it, I was going to say, it's wild that you're like, your own friends were like, hey man, you, sh you should play by play on the bench. Like, and I'm, <laughs> I'm sure you were pumped to hear that from your own friends. Like, you got a little, you got a little excited about it. Like, it, there's I did, other I things did, to I mean, just play it. I, I used to do it when I was when I was 13 years old or 14. I was announcing the games. I mean, we, we when we were up, like you couldn't do it when we were down. No, I just imagined the coach. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> but 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 yeah, but I, no, I would. I would do play by play, and it's funny. The guys that I coach now, um, 
they're a great little hockey team, like the the Thunderbirds, and they're they're triple A and they're thirteen and they're just like I love every one of those kids. Like they're all like my little brothers. There's nineteen of them, and if they called right now, I'd drop everything I was doing and run to help them. But they 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 do the same thing now, which always gives me a smile. I didn't even tell them the story about you know how my teammates made me do play by play, but we were we were in a tournament a couple of. Uh, it was a summer tournament a couple of – I guess it was a couple of months ago. It was before – let me think about this. No, no, I was I was doing the games for the Hawks already, and so we were at a tournament, a weekend tournament, and we got up by like – we were up by a considerable amount of goals, and a couple of kids were like, hey, hey Gizmo, would you would you do play-by-play? And I said, yeah, yeah, sure, I'll do it. So <laughs> awesome. I announced our guys' game play-by-play just standing there on the bench. Like even the referees stopped by and he kind of like gave me a double take. And I was like, all right. <laughs> so, what is this Still doing, doing it to this day. Yeah. <laughs> What's he doing? <laughs> um, they, Nick, thanks so much for sharing all this with us. This is awesome. Um, yeah, I love talking. Like I said, I love talking hockey. Yeah, it's great to hear all like all the story you have and, and – and your perspective on things. I mean, it's it's uh, it's refreshing to hear. Um, like I mentioned, I, we do want to do some rapid fire questions for you. Yeah, rapid fire. We can talk about the team too. Whatever you guys want. I got all the time in the world. Yeah. So um, I know we we had come up with a few questions. Kevin's going to fire them off at you. Um, they're kind of all over the place, but I like really, it. I like we'd, it. we'd love to hear your take on a bunch of these. So I like. Am I one wording answers here? Is that what we're doing? We're kind of um, like. Is it like there? It's one or the other or okay. open-ended. Just don't so. do it. Got it. Ooh, I like it. I like it. All right, let's go. Let's go. Right. Some hockey, some not hockey, whatever pops in your head. Um, I like it. Toughest position in hockey. Uh, <laughs> goalie. Goalie for sure. Goalie. I knew it. Yeah, it's, it's I, something so I never pressure. wish to do. Yeah, I no, wouldn't I would want never it. do it. They're, those guys are crazy. They are crazy. <laughs> in the best possible way. <laughs> All right, favorite athlete growing up? Mario Lemieux. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, so uh, what's worse, stuck in traffic or stub toe? Oh, stuck in traffic. I lived in L.A. Oh, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Stub toe goes away in like 20 seconds. Traffic lasts for 30 hours. Thank you, Gizmo. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's what they said, but yeah. at the same time, if you're given a choice, like – I'm going to stub your toe right now or you're about to be stuck in traffic, which we all do on a daily basis. I may go stub toe for 20 seconds or yeah. stuck in, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah, um, I would definitely not up. like, I hate being stuck in traffic. I hate traffic. I hate it. <laughs> uh, pizza squares or slices? Oh, I'm slice guy. Okay. Uh, best mustache on the Hawks. <laughs> <laughs> Besides you. <laughs> I was gonna say mine's pretty good right it now. It is pretty damn good. What day is it today? The twenty. It's going away very soon. By the way, oh, what? before wait, or after so. Thanksgiving? No, I gotta wait. I gotta, you gotta wait, wait till the end of November. So okay. So this okay, is good, a what, real quick backstory. I will answer that question. Real quick backstory. So I'm the I'm the new guy, right? So I was in the room and um, Andrew Shaw and Debrinket and Strom and Carpenter. Well, Carpenter I had known for a couple of years from Vegas, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, they go, Gizzy, you got to do Movember with us. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be one of the boys. Like, I got it. I'll, I'll buy in. Like, I'll show them that I'm, uh, I'll show them that I'm willing and I'm, and I'm able. So I got, I got talked into this Movember mustache uh, by the guys. But, oh, gosh, let's see. Best stash. Like, Shazzy's is good. But, man, Carpenter's is kind of. 
Carpenters is kind of distinguished. It like, is. I feel like I feel like it's 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 hard to pick between Shaw and Carpenter, but I think I'm going Carpy. I love that. I feel like Shaw's the easy answer there. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I like Shaw's too, though. Man, his is good. His is good. This is good. He was supposed to die as black, though. Like, if he if his oh. is die by, by Good Friday, like, I'm going to chirp him a little bit because that was the whole thing. Like, him and I would have, like, the legitimate, exact same mustache that he would just dye his black with. Oh, yeah. You have to keep pushing him on that. That has to happen. I will. I know. That's what I said. At least just for, like, the last day. Yeah. Just a day. Yeah. I'll talk to him. <laughs> Please do. Um, favorite sports moment? Oh, do I have to have seen it? No. On TV, whatever. But but did it have to be when Actually, I was like, no. alive? Uh, I don't think so. No. It, yeah, yeah. Something you just admire. Yeah. Okay, overall sports moment uh, was uh, Miracle on Ice in, uh, in 1980. But I, I was born in 81, so I just missed that. And then um, for me, honestly... Probably most recently was uh, Tiger Woods winning the Masters. Oh, that that was like the shock of the decade. What a comeback! What love a, a comeback! Yeah, story. like can't not root for that guy. Sorry. No, I'm with you. I get it. <laughs> love it, little T Woods fan. <laughs> and then uh, Seattle franchise team name recommendations. <laughs> I know there's like a lot out there on odds of what it might be, but. What are the odds right now? I mean, I know it was. Is it what's it between? It's between think, the Kraken, the Totems, and the Seals. And then there's, there's like one Thunderbirds. I think. Oh wow, that's that's wild. But yeah, I think Thunderbirds might be the other one. Yeah, like I don't know. Like I think I, the Kraken doesn't really. Yeah. It's I, weird, I, but I would like it. Uh, it'd be hard to live with that forever. Yeah, I like the. I think I like the Totems. But that's kind of boring, too. I don't know. I think they have the Emeralds as well, which kind of makes sense. I could go Seattle Emeralds. Totems, Totems, Emeralds, even the Seals. Like, might as well go Seattle Seals. Like, there's a lot of Seals, and you got a team in the league called the Ducks and the Sharks. Imagine the parody. Sharks, yeah. Seals. I mean, Shark Week would have a fit with that. It'd be amazing. Bring Think back. of the gifts. Think of the gifts. <laughs> uh, You'd have to bring back Wednesday uh, rivalry night and have the Seals play the oh, Sharks every for week sure. for the whole season. <laughs> for sure. And then the Whalers back, and then it's golf full spectrum there. Oh, it'd be, uh, be amazing. We'll just make it an animal league. <laughs> exactly. Uh, last two, though. Uh, favorite city to visit? Uh, favorite city to visit. That's a tough one. I would go with um, Newport Beach. Ooh. Never been. Me neither. But now I might look into it. <laughs> and I love then, Newport. La- last one. If a dog wore pants, would the pants be covering all four legs halfway up or the back two legs completely? Oh, back two. That's right. the that's oh. the only answer. <laughs> no, back two. Yeah. I need like a tail hole on it too. <laughs> yeah, well, for sure, for sure. You don't want to you don't want to have that poor little waggy thing stuff there. I'm a dog guy for sure too. By the way, love dogs. Dead De- like. Denver, Midwest, there's dogs everywhere. You're going to find more dog parks than, like, kid parks. It's wild. If my schedule wasn't so crazy, I'd be all over a dog, and I would get a German Shepherd or I would get a Damascan. 
big dogs. Yeah. I, I got I rescued a dog. I had no idea what it was going to be. Ended up being like 55 pounds. And yeah. Shepherd mutt. I had no idea what she was going to be. I think she's like shepherd. <laughs> Extremely oh. unprepared for that one, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> my, my I, mom, my I love dog. My mom and dad have a puppy, a German Shepherd puppy, and she's like the sweetest thing in the world. <laughs> awesome dogs. Awesome dogs. Uh, but yeah. All right. No, and then, so, Nick, I got one for you. Um, yeah. Not a quick hitter. Not a quick fire question. Um, <laughs> what is your favorite interaction you've had with a player in the NHL, working or not working? The best re- best interaction. Your favorite. Personal. Uh, well, so, well, that's a tough question. So, I, I, first of all, let me say this. I have been welcomed to this organization unbelievably. Uh, it, it didn't take long for the guys in the room to be to be really cool with me, and I, I respect and appreciate that very much. It's, um, it's, it's probably one of the, the other things that I was most worried about was coming into a new team um, and – and fitting in and, and letting them understand who I was as a, as a broadcaster. And, and, and you, you, you know, I, there are, there has to be a level of respect there on both sides. And these guys have been unbelievable. Like every single guy in the room is easy to talk to, incredibly approachable. Um, I, I have a ton of awesome conversations with Robin Leonard. It's probably, he's, he might be one of my favorite people to talk to and, you know, Jonathan as well. He's incredibly intelligent and just an absolute rock star about the game of hockey. So is, so is Kane. Um, I really enjoy talking to Sean <laughs> Strom and to bring it. Um, there's not a guy in that room that, that isn't fun to talk to, but I, I'm lucky. I was gonna say, I'm, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say with Leonard, like he seems like the guy, you know, guy you just like picked out of the crowd to come down, come in and locker room. He seems like the most blue collar, normal guy ever. I, I would follow that guy into war. He's <laughs> so good for the sport of hockey right now. I would follow him into war. If, if I said on Twitter today, if that guy walked into a fire and that was his leadership, well, okay, I'm going with you. You right know, behind you. that's wild because, like, for us, you know, we see the few videos of the post-game interviews, and we feel that way. I couldn't even imagine if I got to sit in the locker room with that guy. Oh, no, I'm, I, I'd go to war with him. That would be a guy that's my kind of leader. He takes ownership. He leads from the front. He doesn't mince words. It's that's that's a leader. That's that's a rock star. And and this room, the room is full of them. Yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's incredible. Like that that room oozes leadership. Like even even when when you know when Jonathan Taves talks, I'm like, yeah, exactly. Like let's go, Jonathan. I'm with you. <laughs> but um, my I'm also very lucky. Two my uh, two of my very best friends um, that have been my very best friends for a long time play in the league, and. Those up until this year have been some of my favorite interactions, just getting to see big moments for those two guys and getting to see them achieve everything that they want to achieve as hockey players and as as parents now and husbands. And it's 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 special for me to see two guys who are pretty big rock stars in the NHL be these awesome players, but also be these incredible dads and these incredible husbands to their wives. And it's. So for me, it's it's those interactions that I think I smile the most about. Yeah, that draws back to your hockey's family and like friends are in the game or even fans of the game. It's still a family. So 
it's a family and and these these guys you know um well, who guys i'm talking about are um Andre Kopitar, who plays for the Los Angeles Kings, and uh, Justin Williams, who played for the Carolina Hurricanes. Can, can we talk about Andre Kopitar board checking you, please? Saw <laughs> <laughs> <I saw> that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, 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 trust me, he got a lot of enjoyment out of that. It's... He's been waiting. To, he's been waiting to hit me for a long time. I'm pretty sure. So no, that was a lot of fun. It's good to see he took it easy on you. <laughs> yeah. He's he's he. You don't realize how massive he is until you're standing right next to him. Oh, I'd imagine. But he's been a he's been a dear friend of mine for oh god, probably coming up on twelve or thirteen years now. And Justin Justin and I have been friends since we were thirteen years old. So you know, it's it's fun to see guys succeeding, and it's it's fun to see them doing all the things that they want to do. And and they could not be nicer people, by the way. Like they're as approachable as they come to. You know what's crazy about Justin Williams? I've been reading a, a book about some hockey analytics, and they talk about him as being this absolute anomaly to like logic behind the perfect player and how he constantly ends up being so much higher than expected in all of these different analytics. It's pretty wild. There are very few people that will work harder at something than Justin Williams. And when you couple that with him being an absolute um, freak about the game of hockey and yeah. a complete natural talent, it's it's just unbelievable. He's, he's good at everything he does, by the way. Like he's a scratch <laughs> golfer. He plays baseball like a pro. Um, he's the best dad I think I've i've ever seen next to my own so it's uh it's pretty cool but he's he's just one of those guys that is successful whatever he does but he works very hard at it and he's very methodical about the game of hockey and i don't think there's ever been a day where he hasn't fought very hard to get to where he's at that's awesome love love that guy (laughs) he just makes you in he's a stud he's a stud and keep an eye his little his son is going to be his son is going to play in the league guaranteed Guaranteed. Heard it here. Dangerous. Dangerous. Give him. Give what does he play right eight, now? What eight, position? Eight, eight, uh, eight more years. He's a center. Okay. So eight, eight years. Do be another Williams in the box, but... Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, I have an eight-month-old, and my goal is to get him in the NHL to to live behind his dreams. It's for me. It's not for him. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Forget him. Whatever he wants. He's yeah. playing hockey. No, it's very simple. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know and the, the hockey family thing too it's like it's like ryan ryan carpenter's here this year with the yeah. hawks and he he comes over from vegas and what an addition he's been i mean he's been he's a great fit for this organization he's going to be awesome the fans are going to love him i know they already do but there's another great great human being who you know i walked into the i walked into the room the first time and i had barely gotten to fire him a text to let him know that i was coming to chicago and uh I walked into the room and he popped right up and he, he walked over me, gave me a big hug, was excited to see me, didn't quite know what was going on and explained to him that I was going to be here and, you know, I was part of the organization now. And, um, you know, the first thing he was like, he's like, okay, well, he goes, do you have a place yet? He goes, let me know if you need my truck. I can help you move. That's awesome. And that's just, that's, that's how it is. That's, that's, the, that's a hockey player for you. Yeah. As like fans, all we heard of Carpenter is like, yeah, he's a solid depth guy, but like he's going to be an awesome locker room guy, like a stand up guy that could represent the Hawks and every young player coming up to like aspire to be. 
And that, that's awesome that that trickles down to the fans. Like, it, it's awesome that we kind of know it. It's, we don't hear moments like that very often, but that's awesome. Oh, yeah. And, and you're going to get to know him more, right? Like, you're going to see him out in the community a bunch, and you're going to you're going to really enjoy uh, you're going to really enjoy him. He's he's a he's an incredibly humble, down to earth guy, and he'll he'll literally probably will give you the shirt off your back if you need it. But yes, he's going to be huge in the locker room. He's obviously been a big addition on the ice um, on faceoffs this year. He's been massive, mm-hmm. and I, I think you know he's he's a he's a role player guy though. He's going to play that that third fourth line, and that's fine. He's going to be successful, and uh, he's going to be a huge part of this team. And for him to sign a, a contract that's going to last a little while, I think three year deal. That's huge for him. He's going to buy in, and and you're going to get a lot out of him. Fans are going to be really happy with him. It's amazing. Um, so Gizmo, we don't want to take too much of your time here. Uh, it, you know, we're super excited to have you have you with the organization as fans. And this has been awesome talking to you. I mean, we can't thank you enough. Like the 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 insight you've given us on on your path, um, the rapid fire insight, it's very helpful to know, obviously. <laughs> um, but this has been fun. We really appreciate it, man. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I, I appreciate you guys reaching out and having me on and, and for you guys and all the fans being so receptive and welcoming. It's uh, it's awesome. And this is I've said this a lot and I'm going to say it here, too. This is a very good hockey team. And yeah. you're starting to see them put it together. You give them a little bit more time here and uh, you're going to be really happy with what's happening on the ice. That's great to hear. I think uh, even Leonard was talking about that just yesterday, which is great to see, too, just everything's looking up right now well the, the, this is, the, the media tends to trend towards negativity of course and I, 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 you're not going to get that mm. from me and i take a lot of flack for being as positive as i am but i know what i'm looking at and i know what this what's going on in that room and you can see where they're going towards and i think that it's going to be very very exciting and i know that the city of chicago and the fans of the blackhawks have them at a very high level of expectation as you should it's it's an incredible organization but trust me they are they are working very hard to make sure it's there and those guys all want to win for you but they want to win for each other as well and i think that that's what robin leonard sort of got across and what he was saying uh yesterday and today he's a he's a very very passionate guy Mm -hmm. and he wants nothing but to win games Mm -hmm. and he truthfully will do whatever he has to do to win games. Yeah, and he's showing it with that unbelievable yeah. save percentage. <laughs> he's incredible. Huh? Absolutely. He's, I love his philosophy on goaltending, too. Like He's not going to be a flashy guy. You're not going to see him make the Marc-Andre Fleury or the Jonathan Quick-style saves, and, and that's not a knock on his goaltending. He's just so fundamentally perfect yeah. that he, he, he doesn't have to move a ton to make the save he can be right where he needs to be and put the rebound where he wants it to be <laughs> you have two number one goalies right now it's wild like the leonard crawford one two punch is incredible like you got a a vesna finalist and you got a and you got a, a multi-stanley cup champion it's it's, <laughs> it's potentially going to change the way teams look at how to set up your goaltending i mean yeah. if it works which it is Oh, it's working. Oh, yeah. And, and those two are close, and like everybody wants to try to make a big deal about, oh, there's some. No, those two are buddies. Yeah. They're, they're buddies. I promise. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Gizmo, you are, 
you are welcome to come on anytime and talk to us about this. We love yes. this. This is awesome. Hey, you guys just let me know. I'm always happy to jump on. <laughs> Easy to do. Yeah. Easy to do. Thank you. We really appreciate it, though. Really appreciate yeah, it. thank you very much. This has been great. Hey, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much. Um, I really, really appreciate you guys taking the time to talk to me. And uh, again, I, I cannot thank you enough for the welcome to the city. All right, guys. Thanks so much for the listen. Um, we hope you got a chance to kind of get to know Gizmo on another level. Obviously, he just joined the organization this year. Um, we're super excited to have him on board with the team. And uh, obviously, after listening, I hope you guys feel the same way. He's a great guy. Uh, great asset to have with the organization and just seems all around like a fun person to have around for the team, for the franchise, and for the fans. Um, so I hope you guys had uh, had a good time and enjoyed. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. Love you. Bye.